Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome. Uh, yeah. Ooh, Adam, what? Ooh, I was going to say, so I've not watched uh, Making a Murderer, and I'm not keen for spoilers because I do intend to. But if you're lonely... <laughs> Uh, I could just sort of just just hang out with you for a little bit, and when you get to a spoiler bit, Adam, just just let me go. From from the starting pistol of this podcast, <laughs> it is going to be spoiled. Okay, I was saying that to you now. I said it to you on a text earlier as well. Spoiler alert, everyone! If you haven't seen Star Wars, skip forward thirty oh. seconds. What you actually oh. said to quote you is. Having had you and the nice Muppet Man just tell me that Han Solo is dead in the last episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not sure I can take more spoilers. <laughs> I see. I thought you meant, um, you know, I can do anything now. You've ruined that no. for me. No. Do you know what? I, no. I don't think this is... I don't think that this series... Let's just start it and then we'll discuss it. So, um, welcome to the Box Set Pod. This week, brought to you by the only frigging person who we can get to join us on this podcast anymore is Adam Comstiff, who is in charge of the website, and that hasn't been updated this year. That's the state of this podcast. That is the state we are in. It used to be just me and Jamie every week, and we were happy then, because we didn't expect more. And now... Now we need people. Now we've been made to rely on people and depend on them, and we get rejected. The man who, inverted commas, saved our Christmas special is once again the only regular guest that we can get back. Let's start. Welcome to a Stephen Avery slash Making a Murderer special. This is a spoiler special. The chances of you having making a murderer spoiled for you are very high if you carry on listening however i will say this when we were talking about the jinx the jinx has a huge moment at the end of it making a murderer is different um there isn't the same kind of reveal his story is the story of stephen avery who's the subject of this is multi-faceted well there's three facets to his story i suppose isn't there um, and mm. I don't think that telling you those things ruins it entirely. I don't think it matters knowing exactly what has happened to him because um, I knew it beforehand roughly because I'd read a little bit, and it's more about the story. That you can know all those little factors about what the timeline of Stephen Avery's life doesn't actually change the fact that it's just a really fascinating when you get into the nitty gritty of it that's the that's the fascinating bit and, that, and that's not going to be spoiled for you by knowing the, the out and out fact history of this guy I, wonder, uh, so I, I personally don't I mean there is still I didn't know whether the final decision in the story was guilty or not guilty I didn't know that so uh, and that. Adam doesn't know that, and I, I did wonder, you know, can is it possible to talk about this in its entirety without that? 
I think it, I, I think if we want to talk about this, what what you know what what we're talking about here is the the ju- judicial system of America, and regardless of the verdict, it's pretty effed up. Am I right? I don't know. Yeah, probably. And, and hang on, have you watched it? And we can't. I have watched it. Um, I think it's a fascinating lesson. We we can't talk about this without spoiling it. Um, well, shall I tell you sort of where where I'm up to then? Yes. Well, yes. yes. Uh, I haven't watched any of it. Right. Shall I just leave? <laughs> right. but I want to watch it. I'm aware of all the chat well, about it. I, yeah. So what I'm do quite you know about it? it. Do you- um, uh, very little about the Just plot. The title. the title. I've heard the name Stephen Avery. I know a lot of people talking about uh, a lot of people online talking about what? whether the decision is right or wrong, and whether that case is being sort of looked at again. I know it's a real life documentary, essentially. Therefore, do you know uh, the outcome of the case? Then I do not know. So you don't. Um, you know that people are no. umming and ahhing about whether a man was uh, sentenced correctly one way or the other, yeah. but you yes, don't know which way that was. No, although I'm assuming he's in prison. Han Solo's oh. dead. <laughs> oh, how are going to give warning. Maybe he's um, not. So, the... <laughs> so, uh, no, I guess we, we can't talk about... You guys touched on last week, and if you like... You can take me a certain amount and then just ditch me. Just leave me by the roadside. Finish off. Finish each other off. Uh, because <laughs> there's a little bit that I, I think it was you, Jamie, touched on last week about um, not being sure whether this is mm. kind of the appropriate thing to be uh, a, a kind of hyped, addictive box set material. And I know you sort of mm. talked about um cereal and uh and, and the yeah. drinks and, and stuff like that and there's that little bit of me that thinks actually real life crime is that like how close is this to just being sort of daytime tv and sort of prurient interest in people's very personal grief and anger mm. okay and, and that's that little barrier let's let's talk happening. about that then but i'll tell you what yeah. else we're going to talk about on this podcast there are some actual specific questions based around the evidence that was provided at the trial that we are going to discuss on this podcast later. There is also uh, there is a wealth of stuff on the internet that I've been sifting through to find answers to some of the questions that you might have having watched it. Um, I think there's some misinformation out there. There's some enlightening new evidence and things uh, to discuss. So we can come on to the actual specifics about questions that you will have having watched it. And that's what I want to do today is try and... Because it's taken me a couple of weeks to sort of... You know, the way that news works on Google is that the same article is sent around the world by a million publications. So if you were to, to Google Stephen Avery News, you'll actually get the same story a thousand times. And, um, and it takes a while to then find the rebuttal to that story and the other side to that story i've found a few different bits so we can talk about that later but yes a fundamental question is is it right to make essentially polemic documentaries unbalanced biased you know from one point of view documentaries about stuff and there's a flaw to what adam's just described i think because do do you think adam that um it is wrong to make something that is entertaining out of 
a serious subject where somebody has died. Hmm. No. Because otherwise, every documentary that is made should be boring and no one should watch it. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And obviously, I don't know much as to the, the sort of tone of it, of, of this particular piece. And uh, I understand, obviously, to get, uh, you know, kind of conflict, but, but rather than needs to be conflict in any sort of great in, engaging story. And that means very often extreme events and emotions. Um, but I, I guess it's it's always a tricky one. It's a contemporary, very real life thing. And it's become mm. when someone's real life sort of story goes into the field of entertainment and there's clearly still kind of legal ramifications around that situation. Uh, well, yeah. Or is this just such good TV making that you completely lose your conscience on that sort of thing and and just, uh, just start gobbling the popcorn? Well, what's interesting is that it's actually part of the, the story is about the media and how it's, a, it's almost a, there should be almost a mistrial almost before it begins because the media immediately portrays him as a, as a terrible person. Mm. So the jury can't help but be swayed one, you know, a particular way because the, you know, the, the media's portrayal of the whole family of him and his family and his history is very biased in itself. So in a lot of ways, this is, this has the same problem, but it's also like it, in a way that def- that's a defense for it as well, because their side of the story gets told very well. Like I read a little bit of, um, an interview with the makers of the film, and there's a couple of uh, women who were film students, and they read about the story, or at least I think they read a little bit about the story, and then they moved. They moved to this town. They lived there for years, and they got to know the Avery family really well. And I think that makes it more legitimate that you know that like there's they've not just turned up and like shoved the cameras in the face. They've got to know them personally, and they've let them into the world and. And spent years there. So, well, what's the difference between the spending years somewhere? As if something is one-sided, uh, it's one-sided. Spending years with someone is like me getting to know you, and then making a documentary uh, based on, you know, if you got done for speeding. I mean, obviously that's a ridiculous example because I would be a hundred percent against Jamie. But um, it would be much easier for me to see that you're an innocent, good guy, and the law isn't isn't that, is it? Uh, it was interesting watching it with my wife Sarah because she's a journalist and she could not believe like the number of news clips that existed. Oh, the there. news is a joke. She couldn't believe what they get away with over there, and it's it's the sensationalising of something they do not know. So, for example, a police captain could come out and tell a story and say, "We believe." That the murderer named the that Jamie Atherton walked down the alleyway, uh, had a look of glee on his face as he stabbed somebody to death, and and then the and and they just take that and run with it, you know, with reenactments or whatever, and and that that's then the story, which has to be countered, but at the same time. These documentary makers are essentially doing the same thing. I mean, they're still. They're still telling one side of the story, which may or may not be true. But they, they go. I suppose I'm arguing myself out of it. They go much more into evidence. <laughs> <don't they? laughs> well, I think it's just that this story hasn't been told. Their side hasn't been told. That's the thing that came across. At least the media hasn't shown it. Like these are people, Adam. These are people. Mm-hmm. Quite clearly, these Avery, the Avery people 
are a very low IQ. Like that, they talk about the fact that they are very, they're very uneducated and they're easy, they're easy prey for the media and the easy prey for the law enforcement systems in place if they're looking for easy targets because they don't have okay. the capabilities to defend themselves in the same way someone who a normal educated person with some intelligence will be able to so if you don't have the so, money to buy a decent lawyer if you get the state lawyer and you don't have the money to pay for a bigger lawyer then your chance if you come from that kind of background added on top of all the all the state's attorney needs to do is release a statement that tells a salacious story. That'll be smattered across the whole of the news. What chance have you got to find a jury that has no idea, has no experience of the case? This sounds like a really good episode of A Good Wife, doesn't it, so far? <laughs> there are, uh, there are um, many aspects of The Good Wife which um, touch on, on this. There's this idea particularly in Britain because we've got the BBC that Jamie works for. Um, we've got this idea that news, that that kind of news, that salaciousness is wrong when it comes to news. But I remember watching um, one of those Who Do You Think You Are programmes, and I can't remember who it was, but they read a, a newspaper article out from like 300 years ago or something. It was like mm -hmm. in the 1700s or something. It was a newspaper and they read, the story out and it was so fabricated it was the story of a murder and it was he climbed the stairs dagger in hand you know something that they could <laughs> no journalist could ever possibly know and um news is by its nature news is gossip that's what it is yeah you don't come around the corner having just seen a huge <laughs> explosion and say, I've just seen a, a beautiful flower around the corner. You come in and you go, I've just seen this huge explosion. And the the search for drama and the telling of it is, is big. And in America, there are so many news outlets competing for each other that actually there's almost more chance there to find the next thing because they want to move the story on and beat everybody else. If If there is a possibility then that someone's being framed rather than has done a murder, for example, then they'll move to that. So, you know, that fragmented press, that, uh, that unregulated press seems so bizarre to us, but actually they have so much more news coverage as a result that they often go into mm -hmm. much greater detail than we ever go to in, in Britain, especially on TV news. We don't really so these news stories are getting a second series. With a twist, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, get into the whodunit thing, then yeah. the wrongful justice thing. Oh, yeah, it takes oh. us all the way. Series three, it. you'll probably have a dip. Uh, <laughs> it was interesting. I watched Twelve Angry Men the other night on Netflix, um, and I've not seen that for years. The same questions are brought up. It's such a good film that. But well, there's lots of stuff about the the jury, isn't there, in documentary that's really interesting, actually, and like yeah. fascinating, just that that side of things. But like, I I found with, uh, I think I think you might find with making a murder is that it's an eight it's eight episodes. I think it's eight episodes, right? Yeah. And you get two episodes in, and I was thinking, maybe have they got six more episodes in this story? <laughs> I really did wonder whether they had enough material to like yeah. make it last that long, and. Yeah. and and it's surprising, but but it, it genuinely does sort of 
getting more and more interesting the longer it goes on, and it, it does work that way. So I I I, it doesn't have the same uh, build as the Jinx. Have you seen the Jinx, Adam? I haven't. No. Oh man, watch the Jinx instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just watch the Jinx. It's, it's much more oh. salacious and less depressing. Uh, okay, it, sounds good. Salacious in a classy way. Um, there's been an article uh, that Ben sent, the algorithm department. We haven't done the chart this week yet. We will come to the chart as well. Um, that uh, the, if you had a website department, we'd put a link on the yeah. site. Yeah. We have to <laughs> go the, find someone for that. It's essentially saying that the big mistake that they made, a kind of moral of this series, is that people, the biggest enemy we've got in our justice system, and I think, I mean, everyone's justice system, is the belief that we are right and I think it's the biggest enemy that anyone has to themselves is the the belief that you are definitely right about something. <laughs> now, if you are convinced that Adam here stole your Magnum ice cream, then you will find the things that that fit that and you will do anything. You'll cut corners. You will perhaps be a little bit... A little bit illegal. No, 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 I mean, in how no, you prove no, it? No, no, no need. I did it. Yeah, there you go. It's <laughs> tasty. And they're saying this article that Ben sent that we will find and put on the website is saying that the documentary makers, you know, they're making this accusation, but they are equally as guilty of it. They've decided that Stephen Avery is innocent and are sticking to that. You know. Well, they argue that. They argue in an interview I read that they genuinely gave every piece of evidence into the documentary that was put forward for his his potential case uh, prosecution. Yeah, and that's they they covered everything. They looked at it as as honestly as they could, and they they defend their point of view that they didn't miss anything out. They didn't miss out any key bits of evidence. I but, think it's great. You know, I think it's I think it's really good i think it's really important that work like this is done and i'll tell you what scares me about uh going to jail yeah um <laughs> it's like sage wow it's not sage, a laugh riot do... this podcast so far <laughs> it was never going to be adam you wanted say into something I, you didn't understand say i was a uh, convicted of murdering someone and i didn't do it mm. um I hate the fact that, like, if I can, I was like, I'm not. If I, this if is I, a hypothetical, right? Yeah, hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, if I pleaded guilty, I'd get less time than pleading not guilty. Even though if I, I'm, I didn't do it, and I don't want to admit it, but I'd get less years potentially for saying I'm guilty. Hey, uh-huh. uh, that's just a ridiculous law. Well, again, it could because it's based on the idea that we are right. We know you did this. So if you make a demonstration that you uh, know that what you did is wrong, then you deserve to be let out earlier because you're going to be less threat to the public. If you admit it, it means that there's some contrition. Whereas if you are so stone cold insane to say that you didn't do it, then we've got to keep you locked up for longer. I suppose that's the logic behind it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it saves a lot of money and time if someone pleads guilty. I don't know what more we can discuss. I'll tell you what. I, without spoiling well, it, I, I'm pretty pretty eager to um, to, to watch it. Uh, what I'm also really eager for is uh, some kind of chart rundown of what the <laughs> most watched 
shows are by both legal and illegal methods, let's say over the last seven days or so. And then I'd really like perhaps some news about upcoming oh. shows, uh, you know, sort of rumours, that kind of thing. And then I'd like to get off and watch Making a Murderer and you two can chat about whatever you like oh, for the rest right. of the podcast. Yeah, we should have Adam on every week. He gets us in order. Oh, you need someone. Sh- ship in order. Have you listened back to this stuff recently? Oh, God. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Use your chart. Your choice. Okay. Right. Um, let's do the chart then. So this week um, at number 10 is Arrow. Yep, started watching that. Um, at number nine is Homeland. <laughs> number eight is And Then There Were None. Oh, I watched that. That was really good. That oh, was yeah. uh, the Agatha Christie, based on the Agatha Christie <laughs> novel. In fact, it's the biggest selling crime fiction novel of all time. It's ba- it's called, but it's called uh, Ten Little Ten Little Indians or something like that. It's uh, the title of the original yeah. book. But it's oh, you've not got that wrong. Uh, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's that. I mean, it, it's a quite contentious one. Oh, my one God. That... Speaking of Indians or Native Americans now, <laughs> I watched The Revenant the other day at the cinema. Mm. Have you yeah. seen it? No. Have no. You... Oh, my Jesus God. Is it horrific? Two year old. I don't go to the cinema anymore. Sarah loved it, right? Because she is a bit more Stanislavski probably. And by that, I mean... She doesn't mind watching Tom Hunter doing a lot of acting in inverted commas. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy doing a lot of acting (laughs) in inverted commas. (laughs) Tom Hardy annoys me so much that I call him Tom Hunter. I really, he really annoys me, and I'm really sorry, but because I'm, I am positive that he's a nice guy. But God, he's great. He's great in Mad Max. Is he? Is he? Hello, Batman. He even turns into that voice at one point in the Revenant. Someone grabs him around the throat, and he goes, "Oh, Batman!" Um, Interesting fact for you: DiCaprio learned eight two real forms of liver. A, DiCaprio ate real liver and learned how to speak uh, Navajo Indian, I believe. Yeah, completely uh, unnecessary. Is that what passes off as method acting? Eating uh, liver. Exactly. Okay. Do you know they I've were eaten liver. they were filming right. in um, I think either Alaska <laughs> or Canada. They were like filming up there, and it was so brutal. And they had to move down to Argentina for some filming into the other, these other set of mountains. Half the crew apparently quit because they couldn't take this bullshit anymore. They were, it was like. All right, you found some... It is a beautiful film, right? It's two and a half hours of beautiful scenery. It is gorgeous. And there is probably combined about 20 minutes of really amazing action and scenes. Like, really amazing stuff. You're like, oh my God, how did they do that? And it's worth going to watch for that reason. But it is an endurance test. It is not entertainment in my view it's beautifully shot there's some action but jesus christ uh, you you could just tell it was a film where leonardo DiCaprio had learned navajo indian for the three lines that he speaks and tom hardy had probably um you know rubbed his balls in the snow for an hour before he did any <laughs> scenes just to make him feel right and then i went to watch creed and that is a film yeah, I've heard it's really good, that. Oh, yes. my Slice God. Slice of Love's got an Oscar nomination. 
I, I could what? have I could have reviewed both, right? By saying I saw two films. I saw Creed and I saw uh, The Revenant. One is a beautifully shot, amazingly acted, like something you haven't seen for years on the edge of your seat drama. The other is The Revenant. Boom! <laughs> oh, laid it down. <laughs> can, you, can you go back and edit this? Because yeah, sounds yeah, like I copy that. In. The, I'm yeah. telling you, it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. What's, that, what's happening in the chart, Howell? I cried. Uh, let's go back to number seven, Supergirl. At number oh. six, <laughs> Blacklist. <laughs> no, number five, Team Wolf. Number what? four, uh, yeah, Team Wolf. What? Uh, that's a TV series, Team Wolf. You aware yeah. of this? Yeah, I'm not. No, it was made into a TV series. Number four Brilliant. is Sherlock. Still haven't watched it. Um, number three is The Big Bang Theory. Number two <laughs> is The Game of Thrones. And number one, The World Has Gone Downton Crazy. It's what? Downton Abbey. Wow. It's off yeah. the scale, Ben says. Well, the is, number the... one this week is far ahead yeah. of G- Game of Thrones even. Yeah, I mean, because the final series, I mean, it finished over here at Christmas for good, and in America, Does Jamie showing... sound weird to you as well, Adam? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very weird. That's better. Oh, he's back. Yeah. Anyway, in America, they're showing the final series right now in America. That's really why it's gone, uh, um, gone eight. Blame right. America. It's funny, yeah. isn't it? America, like, they tried so hard to get rid of the aristocracy, and then they've created one with celebrities, and they're obsessed with anything aristocracy related um like downton abbey they love it they want it back they want that gross inequality all over the place which brings us back to making a murderer well would you like a bit of news before that yeah. some news and then to leave you two to it yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so you go to the box at what are you doing news. with your microphone i'm not i'm doing absolutely nothing yeah you are I'm not. This is. I do. This is exactly what I've been doing for the last forty minutes of my life. Got better. I just again. hadn't noticed that he had it in a bowl of jelly for the previous thirty-nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're back. You're back. All right. So, uh, if you go to the website, you'll see Deadwood. The movie is on the <gasps> way. It has been confirmed. Yes, Adam. There's been speculation yeah. and rumor for years, but HBO are working with the original creator David Milch to create. Deadwood, the feature film, and hopefully, fingers crossed, Ian McShane will be returning as Schwerigan, <gasps> Al Schwerigan. Oh, and, and uh, Matt Wandler should be joining us in a moment as well on the podcast, which is exciting. Nice. We'll add him. Um, continue, Jamie. Yeah, so the, De- Deadwood. Al- Deadwood. 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 I haven't watched Deadwood. I really want to. How old are they making a film to. about it? So, film, so you, you've got you've got a chance now to swat up, watch yeah. the show. I mean, uh, I'm finding myself in a situation at the moment where I, I, I'm I'm low on good TV shows to watch, and really? I recommend. I'm sure that you'll find that at some point now. Well, I you should watch Deadwood. There it is. There, there it is. is. Twenty nine minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> Struggling with Chuck Howell. Struggling a little bit. Well, it's not hard. you just got to press play. Matt will tell you. He'll be on season two by now. In other news, uh, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> hello, hello. Oh, hi, Matt. You are there. All right, hi. Yeah, how's it going, Jamie? How you doing? Yeah. Oh, bad. Happy New Year, Matt. Happy New Year, yes. Na- nice of you to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's here as well. 
Hello. Oh, Adam. Not... Hello. I don't oh. think I'm familiar with Adam. Oh, Adam is the internet department. Ah, okay. Yeah, I've heard you on the show, but I, we've never spoken. Hello. He'll be leaving us soon. This um, is it. This is the moment. As may, as may Matt, um, but we'll find out why. We'll find out how long Matt will last before we spoil making a murderer for him. No, I think I'm good. But no, if, if I hear any spoilers, I'm going to be gone so fast. Okay. Yeah. I've got okay. my finger over the hang-up button. Uh, okay. Uh, he dies in the end. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, he doesn't. He doesn't. That's Han Solo. Jamie, carry oh. on. Okay, the comedy dream team of Zach Galifianakis and Louis C.K. have combined to create a new FX comedy. It's called Baskets. The trailer is on the website. I've also tweeted it. And uh, it's a comedy about a rodeo clown. Zach Galifianakis plays a clown. He, he dreamed of being a pres- uh, prestigious French clown, but he dropped out while he was in Paris because he couldn't speak the language. And now he's a rodeo clown. And he dreams of being a lot more. It looks really funny. Look at the trailer. It's on the website. It's I, I think it starts end of this month, about 21st of January on FX in America, which means it won't be far away from coming over here. Are you excited about that, Howell? Yeah. That sounds mm-hmm. great. Yeah. That sounds good. Bring it on. Yeah. Another Simpsons creator, Matt Groening, is working on a new animated comedy for Netflix. Mm. Uh, uh, so we don't know much about it at the moment. We just know that he he's, he's moved his ship to Netflix. Simpsons is still going. I haven't watched it in years. Yeah. Anyone watch, does anyone watch the yeah, Simpsons I've, anymore? I've put it on a couple of times of late. Um, no. Yeah, still, still great. Still great. Yeah, well, Netflix is doing a lot of good stuff because they, they've got BoJack Horseman, which is really good. Yeah. Uh, and there's a new one, F is for Family, that I've not watched, but I've heard that's excellent. So uh, the, get that on when you finish yeah, Chuck. Have you watched it? Um, no, no. Uh, just, you, you said earlier you were stuck for things to watch as well as Chuck, so I was just telling you. Oh, well, uh, yeah, so that's Matt Groening heading into the Netflix, and that's all your news. Great stuff. Matt, how yeah. far through Making a Murderer are you? I am five episodes in. Ooh. Whoa, whoa. Right in the I think now is bed. the time that we have to say goodbye to Adam and goodbye yeah, to I'm you. Gonna hand over that baton. Yeah, if you, like Adam, haven't watched it yet, perhaps now's the time to bugger off. But I oh. will say... You're an idiot for not watching the Jinx first. It, it, make sure you watch the Jinx at some point because it is better. Uh, what, what's yeah, that on? Maybe. Um, what's it on? The it's it's on the internet. Um, it's available on iTunes. Oh, iTunes. I bought it from. All right. Remember, Adam, don't be googling okay. anything about the Jinx. Okay. Okay. All right. Even more first important rule. than making a murderer spoilers. Well, I'm a little confused about what I've got to go and do now. Uh, that's, that's, you've really helped a lot. I'll probably go and wash some pots. Wash some uh, pots. I might. I, I might go on Matt's football podcast. Uh, yeah, that's sense. right. Get on that shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sports podcasts for future guys. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, we've got. Um, we've got Humphrey Kerr on this week. To, uh, recording tomorrow. Humphrey Kerr. Yeah, he's the, of the Penny Dreadfuls, former um, Edinburgh uh, newcomer. Award winner? No, no, never. Very heard of funny him. man. Very tall. Never man. heard of him. And as you can uh, tell, I'll, we we only I'll have be, people on this podcast there. that are famous. Like me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and the internet department. What have we become? Uh, as official eighth choice for this podcast, I look forward to seeing my ranking for yours, Matt. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Okay, right. I'm going to get off. All right, you guys thanks, Adam. Talk murder. See go, you later, guys. Go put shit on the internet.
<laughs> I'll take a steamer all over it. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. There goes Adam. So, Matt, um, okay, I, I want to deal with some big questions about big pieces of evidence against Stephen Avery, right? And what I'm wondering is, um, Matt, do you do this podcast with headphones in? Matt? Matt? Um, we've lost Matt. Oh. Well, that's good timing because... <laughs> what I was going to do is going through the three big pieces of evidence against Stephen Avery that have been revealed since Making a Murderer was released. Shall we do that? Yeah, can we do Can we do it with Matt, though? Is that something I that... Do, I don't think we can, but it doesn't look mm. like he's here. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Sons, Matt. Okay, we'll do it really quickly, and then we'll get Matt back on, and we'll see how far through. So, um, Stephen Avery's phone calls to Teresa Halbach. Um, apparently, one of the uh, bits of information that went missing, this is from Bustle.com, um, uh, is three phone calls that Avery made um, where he blocked the caller ID as well. He was very keen to get her to the property, apparently. Really? Avery's defenders, however, say that this isn't ironclad. Um, Avery's former defence attorney, Jerry Buting, argued that the calls aren't significant. Um, he had called her office to request she come out. Not nothing that some, not something that someone would do if they intended to commit a murder and then conceal the evidence in a quite extravagant way. Um, regardless, mm. this is information that making a murderer didn't touch on. I also found an answer to that. The thing with those phone calls is that he, he was getting her to take a photo of a car, wasn't he? So he would have yeah. rung her for that purpose, wasn't He's he? He's going, I want that girl to come. I want that girl to come out. The second thing, DNA was found under the hood of her car. Um, it is said that it was Stephen Avery's DNA from sweat. Sweat found under the hood of the car. And that his nephew um, said something about the hood of the car. This is quite a complex thing to explain, but apparently it's very difficult to get DNA from something like sweat, and it would be very hard to, to pinpoint that this was actually Stephen Avery's DNA. So that has taken off a little bit on the internet, <coughs> and they would have focused on that. The documentary makers would have uh, said that since the documentary's released. Uh, Buting, again, the lawyer, has said that Katz, the district attorney that is mm. mentioned in it, is making statements he should know are untrue, like claims about D Stephen Avery's sweat DNA being found under the hood. There is no such thing as sweat DNA. DNA is found in all nucleated cells, but there has never been a test to determine that a sample of DMA, DNA came specifically from perspiration. Um there, essentially, there is an answer, but the the chilling allegations. His ex fiance that featured in it a lot, which is Jody Jody Stakowski, yeah. she has gone on TV saying that um, Avery was a monster, that he beat her frequently, that really he threatened to electrocute her whilst taking a bath, and that he'd get away with it. And we we know that he has said, you know, we we know that he's he made some pretty nasty threats to his ex wife, um, to his other ex wife, didn't he, from prison? Mm, it yeah. showed that in there a couple of times. Uh, Buting did address that as well. She was getting a lot of pressure even while the trial was going on to try and turn her away from Stephen Avery. It's many years. Who knows what kind of pressure and influences have been exerted to try and make her express that kind of opinion. Bottom line is when things were contemporaneous happening. Back during that time, she did not have that opinion. She was very supportive of him. Why is she changing her opinion? I don't know at this point. 
The other big questions that you have after the documentary are obviously the vial of blood that had the puncture in the top. Mm. That that it just it doesn't get answered in the trial. It's just like, what the hell's that about? And actually, it's um, apparently it's quite normal to have that pinprick in the top if they want to take. They're kind of vacuum-packed, if you like. And it's quite normal to put a hypodermic needle into the top of a thing like that to extract yeah. small bits of blood, and that that would have been done. The more significant thing was the evidence seal being broken. That, um, as far as I know, hasn't been explained. And the other big question I had, Jamie, was the um, policeman phoning in the uh, the license plate. Yeah, oh, that, 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 that was the moment for me where I was like, this is dodgy. They found that car. Yeah, that was a weird. moment in the in the show where I was like, "Oh my god, there's no way that that guy's for real." That police officer. What possible reason? Why would you ring up and just confirm the registration number of the vehicle you're looking for, yeah. and then sound like you're looking yeah. directly at that vehicle? Yeah. Just, Why would you do that? It's just so it's, strange. And they yeah. deal with it in the court case, but you feel Hang on a like minute. I think Matt's back. nailed him. Oh. oh, I am back. Sorry about there this. There he is. Silly, um, silly laptop. No, no. We were purposely giving it a couple of minutes. We were trying to get all the spoilers out oh, of the okay, way good. Yeah, while, good. You weren't, while you weren't there. But m- you can tell us now where you're up to in the story, and, and then we can possibly carry on discussing the spoiler we were just discussing. Let's see. So um, they dealt with the first, the, the first miscarriage of justice. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly he's embroiled in this whole uh, Teresa Holbeck thing. Mm-hmm. And I have just gotten to a point, like the last episode I watched was a really good one, mm. um, where uh, Avery's lawyer is cross-examining um, a bunch of people. And there was like, there was the cop, the douchebag cop who, um, who always comes in his like in his patrol uniform. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name. These are uh, these are real people. I wouldn't mention his name. Um, well, uh, fair enough. Uh, he, and he's always <laughs> he's, it's like he's often got his little radio still attached to his lapel, uh-huh. and it's like, come on, man, you're in a court. Yeah, you're gonna take a call. So you're up to the court case. Yes. Okay. So they have questioned him, and he has been played out as making a phone call. Yeah. They, they, okay. They, That's what we were just talking about when we got you back on. Uh, I see the bit where they trap him and it's like, yeah. Uh, so you told them the make of the car before you knew it. Yeah. He goes, no, I didn't. And then they play it back. He didn't even say anything. He just plays it back and goes, well, you just did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. It's the most dramatic. Cause do you remember when the OJ Simpson trial was on TV? Yes. And I, t- I, I, I like, I used to watch it and go, wow, this is the most boring thing that's ever yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and and th- but this trial is like it's super exciting. I think it might have been edited Ooh. slightly. I will well, say yeah, that. Well, yeah, it's been ex- been edited, but the, but still, even even just like those little exchanges, it, it, yeah, it, it's amazing. And I think that the lawyers they are really good. They're really good lawyers, aren't they? Like the the defendants for mm. Stephen Avery. I thought they were really they're really articulate compared to the prosecution. They come across so well. You know what really annoys me about the prosecution guy personally cats is that he puts his voice really high almost like michael jackson when he's in the court well he makes he makes me think of mr hab 
Yeah. <laughs> and he he doesn't really and and yet when he's outside and he's talking to the press or when he's like stood in the corridor, he just seems to be so evil. Well, I mean, and, all those stories have come out about him, haven't they? Like, um, well, he had to quit because yeah, he's sexting yeah. uh, people and and. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want any future. No Spoil. future. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> however, so let's just talk about that phone call, right? Because that's where we were up to. Um, and I think it's. I think we can slightly spoil the fact that that is not. They don't really come back to that again, Matt. Okay. Which seems to me quite a big thing to not come back to. And this is one of my problems with the documentary. Is almost like if the lawyers aren't exploiting the hell out of that, if they aren't, and if the documentary makers aren't asking the hell out of that question, mm-hmm. why? Because they would, and and there must be. It must be that there is potentially another explanation <clears throat> so being kind what is the possible explanation for him phoning well, that number plate in he's he kind of the argument he gives is that he needed just to confirm what was the registration of the car they were looking for yeah so they've been told it already yeah and then he was ringing up just to check that he got it right but in the phone call, he like he talks as if he's just reading a license plate that he's just seen. He's like, "Oh, can you just confirm this license plate for me?" And yeah. he reads it out. Yeah. And then he get uh, it doesn't feel like he's going. Oh, I, I'm I've just not got the details for this uh, no, car doesn't. we're looking for. Can you give me the reg again, just so I can check it? Like, it feels like he's just corroborating something. He's lo- eyeballing. Yeah. He says, directly. "Can I check a plate with you?" Does, yeah. Doesn't he? Can I check a plate with you? And she says, yeah. She, he reads a plate number. Yeah. And she goes, that's registered to missing person, um, Teresa Halbach or whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that, but this is the whole thing. Like, why are they even on the, like, the whole point of the, like, the, the very start, they say, no one involved from Manitowoc County, whatever it is, is allowed from the police department, is allowed to be directly involved with the investigation yeah. of this man. And they are from day one, and the majority of them are involved from yeah, day one. Yeah. It's like this like even if he did do it, mm. it's it, the trial is so flawed in yeah. so many ways that it, it, it can't be a conviction. You can't convict somebody on that what, evidence. You can, one of the things that stuck know. out for me yeah. is is like at one point, they 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 state, and they kind of again they don't re- really refer back to it except for a moment in the court that the defense is not allowed to point it at a third party. Yeah, mm. and I I mean I don't understand the American justice system well it's enough not, to understand why the fuck not. Yeah, <laughs> it's not necessarily the, Amer- the American one. It's the what's the state we're in? Is it Wisconsin? No. Yes. Mm. Um, in this particular state has its own rules about that the, the the rules vary state to state and i think in that state there has to be the lawyers have to prove to the judge that they have kind of really uh, really strong evidence to finger point at somebody else it can't be a hint it can't be like hey this guy uh. could have facilitated this they can't hint at it which I can't, I kind of understand that, you know. Otherwise, we'd be in court and we'd go, "Hey, Matt, Matt Wandless, he could have done it." And 
and then you're not there to defend yourself and yeah. your name could then be reported. But then it seems to be that the, the grounds for that is that, hey, what if some bad reporting was done that ruined somebody's life? And then, mm. <laughs> um, but the, the other thing as well is it, it made me think, you know, you know in a, a Few Good Men, yes. that, where they have to be really careful about what they say and don't say about the colonel. Yes. And maybe it's something to do with that in that you can't just accuse a police officer without um uh serious evidence i don't think i don't think it was police that they were necessarily going to be accusing um because they they were they were inferring that those policemen were corrupt i think that um there are other people close to stephen avery who aren't police people who they could have who could have got done this crime Yes, but that that particular moment with the phone call, yeah, you, you're implicating. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The cop. Well, they did that, so that's that's fine. But 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 you do that at your peril. It's a bit exactly. Like that's what I mean. Cop, you know. Yeah. If you shoot a cop, you are going to be found and shot. That's you know, pretty much. Yeah. It. Which I kind of you know, there's there's a great Wild West feel to that, which I kind of understand. You don't listen, crims. You don't fuck with the police. <laughs> Um, yep. but said in the wire as well. Don't kill the cops. Yeah, you don't kill a cop. You don't kill a cop. But, but the but problem is that, that 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 is the problem though for the for the defense as well is that they because they can't provide no this this could have been what happened. They can't say what could have happened. All they can say is this didn't happen. And for a jury, mm. you know, you want to give the jury a story. A, a story, a, a, a narrative for what actually could have happened for that day. Or, but you can't. All you can say is they haven't got enough to prove he did it. Yeah. And that makes it harder because a jury do want to hang on to some sort of like possibility. And the, the whole jury thing, I don't know if... Have you got to the, uh, the jury stuff No, yet? nothing about juries. No. Okay, okay. what's we'll any more? What's we'll One of the jurors since has said that the result could potentially have been very different. He's also said that there was people related to people on the jury anyway let's uh let's go back to matt <laughs> at, the, at the moment I, i'm i'm convinced he's innocent and where do you stand on where do we stand on this we are making well, entertainment the that millions right of people now. are watching this guy's life play out in front of them yeah and th- there's a woman who's been murdered and a family that are having to go yeah. through this it is a horrendous thing it was like um Heyman lee is the um, girl who got murdered as the subject of serial, the podcast serial, and her brother actually posted on Reddit a little post. You know, millions and millions of people around the world are all chattering about the Adnan Syed case, who is the guy accused of murdering Heyman Lee, yeah. possibly wrongly accused. And um, he wrote on Reddit, This is real life for me. You didn't see your mum crying herself to sleep every night. You didn't have to go through all this. That's yeah. why I'm not getting involved with this with this debate that you all want me to get involved, but I'm not kind of thing. But, but at the same time, if, if, if what this documentary is implying, then somebody who murdered your family member is, is still out there. Yeah. Uh, How is this documentary different from the people who make the salacious news reports? That's a, I think that's a really good question. And I, I don't know if I have a fully formed answer about it. I, I, I mean, um, I guess, judging from the footage, that um, the family must have agreed to be in the documentary. 
No, I don't uh, think so. I don't think no? So. No. You... I don't think they have to agree to it. They they or every every appearance by the family is in a situation where cameras are allowed. Oh, I see. Aren't they? You never see them behind closed doors, right? So they're they're only using um well, it's, in in essence it's found footage, like but it happens to be press clips and that kind of thing. Not just that, they're filming in the court as well, but cameras are allowed in court. So I see. You are allowed to not go to court if you don't wish to appear on you know in the public, but it would be impossible for anyone to say I do not want to feature in any of these cameras things, you know? Yeah, okay, right, I see. And I think, in fact, I read that the family and certain people, including Jodie, his ex-wife, actually asked the documentary makers not to be in the thing, but... But Jodie's in lots of extra stuff. She's in loads of extraneous shit. She is. She is. But she... So there you go. We have to come clean and say that, just like I was saying earlier about old news articles... Unfortunately, and really tragically, a story of murder isn't it's not that regular. It and 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 so we are fascinated by it because we hope to God that it's not us that has to go through something like that. So is it is it just level, a story of murder? It's it's no not no just, no, but it's, and it's, it's got more to it than of that. Of course, of course, which is great, which is what makes it, you know, no one wants to sit and just hear about murder cases, obviously. But if there was a murder in your neighborhood, you would want to know every detail that existed about it. Now, if you add on to that a case of, uh, you know, wrongful arrests and things like that, and something that talks to our world, is the judicial system right? Is the court system right? That's got to be why that stuff is interesting to us, because we're afraid, because we're... Why, I, I, we're I hear afraid what you're saying, but I, th- I, th- I think that's what, uh, that's what piques our interest in almost everything, in terms of anything that breaks from the sort of fairly narrow confines in which most of us live our lives. Yeah. Uh, 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 what is the subject of, of drama and fiction? Exactly. Well, interesting fact to get to tie into that, the uh, most published author outside of the Bible and Shakespeare is Agatha Christie, who there wrote murder mysteries for her entire life. There you go. So why do we care so much about murder mysteries and thereby court cases? You know, court, everyone loves a courtroom drama. Oh, we love a courtroom drama. Yeah. Why? Why should we be interested I guess in that? It's, it's because it's it's an instance in which the stakes are as high as they can possibly be. Yeah, yeah because because it's about em- it's all about empathy, isn't it? Stories are about learning about ourselves and about our own lives. And if we imagine that we were ever in that situation, yeah, so exactly, doctor accused of a murder, yeah. going, what would you do? You put yourself there. And you go, how would you get out of this? And the stakes couldn't be higher. Yeah, so we have to kind of admit that that is it's it, it is. Everyone's trying to say that we watch these things because we want justice for the people involved. We do want those things, but we also watch them for hugely fundamental selfish reasons that we are we are learning uh, how to survive and enjoying the fact that we don't we're not in that situation. We're enjoying the fact that we're not on trial and that's why we you know, or locked up for the wrong reason. Yeah, I mean, you can say that about a lot of things. You can say about watching, you know, watching Celebrity Big Brother is the, you know, is the pleasure in judging people and watching people suffer in surrounded by rats and yep. giant insects. You know, you can say it about a lot of stuff that we find entertain- entertainment in general is comes from a sort of a baser instinct. But this is so unusual. This subject has taken off 
so massively and like it's changed the world of podcasts and it's uh, and like this documentary you cannot move for people talking about mm. no it's true and this is the third one now isn't it i guess if you i mean the jinx what is going on in jamie's what kitchen is that? is that you cooking tea jamie yeah yeah sorry guys uh, it's, it's all right um so so uh, when, when was the jinx released Oh, it was a good uh, year ago. It probably about, it's probably a year, year, yeah, about a year ago, if not more. Because I mean, I'm not the most informed person in the world, but I do watch a lot of TV, and I and it bypassed me completely. I never even heard of it. Mm. Um, and then serial, I guess I discovered about halfway through it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but this one, and and and, and yeah. serial paved the way for this, I think, because yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it went like wildfire. Yeah. Um, e- even though com- comparatively speaking, serial is really quite dreadfully dull next to the ne- next <laughs> to um, uh, making making a murderer. Um, but uh, oh god, it feels so terrible talking about it in that kind of uh, blasé <laughs> yeah, fashion. To, yeah, That's a really terrible thing. This is the thing we have to admit. You have to well, catch you, yourself. You, yeah. You know but what the, the thing way- is? I I, I I disagree with you. I'm not interested in the murder in this. No in this situation at all and in fact the murder just it makes me just feel horribly sad every 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 time i look at um uh, uh holbeck's mother and um uh, and to a lesser extent her brother yes um, it, it's it's just um it's just awful no i don't i want to i want to straighten that up I, d- I don't mean that the murder is entertaining i i mean that we are selfish in this in the fact that like you said the stakes the stakes are so high for us because it's murder and we think god i am glad that i'm not the one accused of doing something that bad it's, yes but it's also, not personal also for me it's it's not that it's just like oh my god how has this happened to this man and um and i don't i don't feel any kind of I find it very difficult to feel empathic with Stephen Avery because uh, of how different his world is to mine, yeah. and and that's the, that's the thing that I find most fascinating he about. Doesn't order about wine, this. does he? He definitely doesn't have any wine delivered, Avery. <laughs> he's, he's he's not a member of uh, the wine society. Um, but uh, no, but you know what I mean? That kind of because I, I mean I'm I'm fascinated by America in a lot of ways, mm. but. Um, that what the, you know the what they call the flyover states yeah uh are, are particularly fascinating to me because i i just don't understand how they exist in the way that they do mm. when you look at the um manitowoc and imagine growing up there and being a part of that town it, I, I i i just can't it's so far removed from from london yeah and and my existence Oh, it's and, very like Jamie's upbringing, actually. Very, very similar. <laughs> really, I'm, Jamie's. Uh, yeah. How many days. kids do you have, Jamie? Um, the glory days. But uh, and that's then, Jamie uh, weeing in the kitchen sink at the moment. <laughs> Are we like a racehorse? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to just sort of say that uh, this is like some kind of. Um, prurient look at the uh the american underclass but maybe it is is it eastenders for you is that what you're saying Are you no um it, it's it's just that kind of uh small town mentality where a, a an incident with a flashing yeah but what was essentially a bit of a flashing from him uh yeah. turned into this gigantic thing mm. yeah. where, 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 because he insulted yeah. the, the the wrong woman yeah 
And yeah, uh, that's definitely true of the uh, the initial like conviction, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, that's that, that's the spark for it. That's um, yeah. That's the gunner on the first Star Destroyer who doesn't shoot the droids. <laughs> but, I'm, <laughs> but I'm sure that this happens, you know, everywhere, and I, I am but that, sure that's of it. The thing, it, 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 you know, that's what I hope that this documentary is trying to do is throw light on the way that the American justice system can turn on a man, yeah. or, or, or or a person rather, sorry, um, and uh, and destroy him. Yeah, in this case, it's 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 frightening. And it's you really know what? I, I am hundred percent convinced that this happens in Britain a lot, and we don't have the same salacious press. We don't have the same breadth of press, unregulated press, um, and we aren't able to make documentaries like that. Um, um, and we tend not to. Who knows? Who knows how bad our system is? America is such a fucked up, wonderful place that you can get a documentary like this out of it, but you can also have massive... But also the fact that the thing happens that the documentary gets paid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not to be bl- too blasé, guys, but I've got some peri-peri chicken to eat, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, you enjoy that chicken, and... Yeah. Um, good. Yeah. Well, Matt, enjoy the rest of Making a Murderer. I, I'm sure I will. I'm sure. Yeah. And that is what you are doing. You are enjoying watching some very, very tragic lives play out in front of you. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. How? Just wait to hold Uh, up the mirror in front of us when we're watching this stuff. (laughs) Jesus. But it's true. It's so far from our lives. Like, within Matt throwing a stone out of his window, there's probably 50 injustices going on that he could be fighting for. (laughs) (laughs) Not in Park Road. Probably are, you know. Someone's milk might have been stolen off a doorstep. Come on, milk on a doorstep. The wrong curtains delivered from John Lewis to somebody's house. That's more like it. That's more like it. Imagine. That's Imagine. the kind of tragedy that's going on around Please here. Please make, make in a my privileged fucking it. ivory tower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very I'm, I'm not very wealthy, by the way. Just uh, just so everyone knows, I'm not disgusting. Only a wealthy man would say the words, I'm not very wealthy, you know. I'm not very wealthy. I'd like you to know, I'm not very wealthy at all. I just like to speak proper. It's all in property. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas Jamie, on the other hand, is lives in a trailer selling tire, not tires. He's just got one tire. He's been trying to sell it for a decade, and um, he's loaded, absolutely loaded. Yeah, don't spend uh, any money whatsoever on anything. Um, I even chop at Aldi. Now, what we're doing next week, Jamie? um, Andrew Spooner was coming back to discuss something. Next week, he'll be coming back because we'll be talking about the Boardwalk Empire with him. Hopefully, he's watched the first episode, while Al, hopefully, have watched the first episode of Ash versus Evil Dead. Okay. Um, and Matt, I believe um, that's what it's called. Will you be joining us next week? Or is it, next is week, it I definitely can't. Okay, definitely can't. Next but week. the week right, after yeah. that, I'll be back. Excellent. Um, okay. Great stuff. Any questions or comments, email them to studio at theboxsetpod.com. That's studio at theboxsetpod.com. And, uh, and do download the Longest Pleasure podcast this week. Goodbye! <laughs> <laughs> yes, do. Take it easy, guys. Cheers, dude. Goodbye! Bye! Bye.